0: The Bosnia Project is the chronicle of my life as a world traveler, youth worker, father and husband. The Bosnia Project is the story of how I came to live and work overseas in a country called Bosnia and Herzegovina. It's my blog, thebosniaproject.com, this podcast, and our Facebook community, and email updates we send out to our supporters and followers. The Bosnia Project is a process and a product all wrapped up into one thing, and this podcast, the blog, and everything else is a way to catch all that work, write it down, record it, and preserve it so that it can be of use to someone. This is The Bosnia Project, and it will continue for a good while longer. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be with you here. It's a privilege to sit down and talk to all of you. I know if you happened to listen to me before, uh, you know that back in 2018, we had six or seven episodes that we reeled off, and they were world-changing, amazing episodes. Uh, But then there's been about a year and a half almost of silence, radio silence from the Bosnia Project podcast. And so this is an effort to restart things and get the podcast rolling again. So we're going to get down to business with a few of the questions that people have asked me before. We're going to talk about who we are and what do I do? Um, Why would we do a podcast and why is Bosnia and Herzegovina strategic? What do we do to bring people together and why is it important That um, we bring people together in general uh, in the place where we work. What difference does that make in the world today? And what do we think about it? So these are some questions that people ask. And when people ask these kind of general questions, sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, you know, I could say anything here. And uh, it's hard to know what to say sometimes. So but after uh, thinking about these things, I think we've come up with. Uh, some basic answers that'll help people know who we are and what we do, and uh, give give uh, give us a good foundation uh, for some of the things we're going to talk about in the future. So, first question: Who who are you, and what do you do? Um, I kind of said a little bit in the be- very beginning of the episode, but my name's Jonathan, in case you didn't know what my actual name was. I work with young people and college students in the country of Bosnia and Herzegovina. I run a local Christian ministry here to teens and students in our city, which is Mostar. And I'm on the staff of an organization called Crew, which is a big international Christian ministry organization. So this is the first podcast in a really long time. And I just want to put that out there so that we're on the same page from the start. Um, I, since uh, you might have picked up on this uh, or assumed this already, but I am a Protestant Christian. And so my opinions and conclusions that I share here are going to come from that viewpoint and perspective. You are welcome to disagree with those conclusions. Not everyone needs to agree with us in order to listen. And it's likely that we might disagree because my experiences are most likely very different from the majority of American Christians, and maybe even from the majority of the people I know. So from time to time, I am probably going to share something here that reflects on international relations or political dilemmas around the world, stories from world history, other things that are interesting to uh, hopefully a really wide range of people in our audience. So hopefully we'll talk about some things that are interesting to everyone out there, as we go through all the things that affect us here in the region where we live in Eastern Europe. Um, It will not be just a continuous conversation about any one thing. It's not going to be a continuous conversation about theology, though I am a theology student. Uh, It will not be just a dissection of Christian doctrine, so don't go into it thinking it's going to be anything like that. The podcast will be a discussion of different things that I've learned as a foreigner uh, living in a strange land for the last 10 plus years. Uh, So we will touch on a lot of different issues and conversations that people are having around the world. Uh, We will talk about things generally from, I will input my Christian perspective, but we're also going to acknowledge that there are other perspectives out there in the world and that people are listening to us that might have a different way of looking at things. We will Certainly, always attempt to be respectful and treat everyone with dignity that they deserve. As in the New Testament, we are told to treat everyone with high regard, love the brotherhood, and fear God. Uh, That is what we are going to seek to do. So, next question Why a podcast? There's lots of reasons to do a podcast. You can probably Google and find some of these. Um, One of them is that it's easy. It's an easy way to get in touch with all of you and let you know what we're doing. And we have many, many friends, uh, supporters, donors, followers who we want to connect with and keep up with back home in the U.S. And it might sound like a complicated thing, but in reality it's a very simple uh, endeavor for us to do this podcast. It's just me and my computer and a couple of little gadgets sitting down uh, and we're just having a personal conversation with all of you. Videos are great, and they are, of course, more personal than podcast. But as I'm sure you can imagine, videos are really hard to set up and produce. There's lights and picture and sound, and podcasts are a lot more simple, and they give us a way to do more personal communication without getting into video Uh, This is a budget podcast, and so it's going to stay that way. We might have some guests on in the future, some other members of the family maybe, but in general, it's just going to be another way for me to connect with all of you on a budget. Um, It also allows us to produce uh, what we call long-form content. Uh, So... Most of us, let's be honest, we're engaged in short form content, which is like social media, the the little bite-sized posts and clips and articles, links, and all of that stuff that we get on social media, on our phones all the time. So hopefully most of the things that you read from me, whether it's on our blog or in the emails that you might get from me, if you get those, uh, hopefully they fit into a little bit different niche uh, from all that short bite-sized stuff that you get in social media and podcasting lends itself to that niche. Uh, it allows me to just go deeper into things that we want to talk about uh, and provide some longer answers to questions that we often get about our work and uh, enables us to connect on a more meaningful level. Uh, another reason to do a podcast is that visiting people in person is something that's become uh unlikely and uh, not plausible. You probably are aware the situation in the world uh, continues to change and I'm sure it's becoming something that you've heard about nonstop for the last nine months or so. Um, As foreigners where we live, uh, we are directly affected by uh, decisions of governments to open and close their borders. And so doing an international trip at this time is a big risk uh, for us as a family. Uh, we could take off and then find out that the situation's changed while we're in the air. Uh, we could contract uh, COVID in the airport. Uh, so many things could happen, and so I'm left with only a few options in connecting with all of you right now. One of those is the email updates, which you can sign up for at our website at the And uh, this is another option, the podcast. So there's a lot of other reasons to do a podcast, and I'm sure if you've ever looked into it, Um, You might have read about some of these things, but the main thing is just communication, especially at a time when uh, traveling is not really possible and we might be um, prohibited from doing some of the things that we might normally have done uh, to communicate with all the people that we want to communicate with. Another question that's important to answer is why is Bosnia and Herzegovina a strategic location in the world so it might seem obvious to you since I already live here that I've decided for myself that I think that Bosnia and Herzegovina is a strategic location this is a question that people have asked me a lot in the past and at times you know I've really struggled to provide a definitive answer other than that I felt called to be here and this is where I personally landed but when you think about the world situation and where there is a need for the type of work that we do, I believe you can make a good argument for why Bosnia is indeed a strategic place to be doing the type of work that we do right now. Let's start with the general situation in our region. So there is the European Union, which is a really important uh, union of about 27 different European countries that have come together over the over the years and over the last few decades after World War II to align uh, economically, politically, and culturally The Union has been expanding for the last several decades, and it sees itself as one of probably the major groups in the world promoting democracy and freedom, and there are a lot of conditions that a country has to meet in order to join the Union, and there are a lot of countries, particularly in the eastern portion of the European continent, that are now in the process of joining, and it takes several years to become a member. So... The country where I live, Bosnia and Herzegovina, is not currently a member, and uh, there are many reasons for this, but it is uh, probably sufficient to say right now that the state of the country has made it such that the country has just not been able to join. Um, And for this reason, the country is still one of the last countries in Europe that has not joined the most important political union in the region. And because of this, it is still a little unstable here in this country and in the surrounding region. There are not a lot of uh, companies or individuals that are seeking to come here and invest their wealth in the country. And in general, for the people that live here, their greatest ambition is to leave the country. The nation of Bosnia is one of the nations with the highest rates of youth unemployment in the world and one of the highest rates of people leaving the country permanently. So what does all that mean? Just to put it in context for you, in the U.S., the highest ambitions that I'm talking about. uh, In the past, maybe when when I was a little kid, people would say for a young person, the highest ambition that they could have would be to become president. That's one of the old things that people used to say about the U.S., whether everyone agrees with it or not. People used to say that anyone, if they worked hard, regardless of their background or where they came from, if they followed the right sort of path, theoretically, they could become president of the United States if they wanted to. More realistically, probably the highest aspirations people might have would be to become like a doctor or a lawyer or to be the first to go to college in their family. Uh, they might want to become a business owner. These are high aspirations. And there's a lot of things that fit into that category of high aspirations for people in a country like the U.S. However, for people in a country like Bosnia, these are all replaced with leave the country and then do something else. That's because they see the disorder, they see the instability in the country, and they believe that if they were to do something smart with their life, it would probably have to involve leaving the country if they were to pursue a stable job a place where they could support their family and be free of instability, then they would have to leave the country and live somewhere else as an immigrant. And so that is the path that so many people want to follow. And in that unstable environment, there's a lot of division between the various ethnic groups in the country. Americans don't really think along ethnic lines, so it's a little bit hard to explain this kind of thing uh... to most people in our american audience but you might understand it more easily if i just talk about the religions in the country because ethnicities in bosnia and herzegovina basically break down along religious lines so there is nationally about fifty percent of the country that is muslim about twenty percent that is catholic and the rest about thirty percent are eastern orthodox So You can see that all three groups kind of have a really large section of the country, and they all have religious and cultural views that are more or less exclusive to the other groups. They don't really preach that you can live comfortably in the same country with the other two groups. And so there's a lot of division. There's a lot of politicking, pontificating, arguing that goes on when they try to govern the country. And everything moves really slowly, a lot like maybe it is in the U.S. right now, and not very much gets done. And so this filters down to everything in life for people that live here. In addition to this, there's a very, very small church community. And so there's a great, great need for people to come and get involved here and have a cultural impact by doing good, positive things that will bring people together. There's a high need for good Christian work to be done to bring people together because there's very, very little that brings people together along these ethnic and religious lines. And there are very few people that promote hope and optimism in the country. So as you hear this, you hear I'm talking about more and more how to bring people together. But is it really something that we should be involved in? Is Why is bringing people together so important? Well, division, polarization, is undesirable because it leads to things in society that are undesirable, like hatred, arguing, fighting, violence. In the macro, it leads to war, of course, eventually, destruction, stagnation. In the micro level, though, on personal level, it leads to negativity, despair, and depression, which are all bad things. I think that a sense of belonging is fundamental to the way that humans organize themselves naturally. Because if it was not, we wouldn't have families, we wouldn't have communities or governments. These things are naturally occurring, and they always have been. Psychologists have found that even one instance in someone's life of exclusion can undermine their well-being. It can undermine IQ test scores. There are statistics showing that a lower sense of belonging was significantly associated with greater depression, greater hopelessness, and suicidal thoughts. So the activities and programs that our ministry runs here in our city reach people on both sides of our city. Like a lot of cities here in southeastern Europe, we are divided between one group on one side of the city and another group on the other side of the city. And so there are... Very few things that are truly available to young people on both sides. And so you either play for a Catholic sports team or you play for a Muslim sports team. You either go to a school on the Catholic side or the Muslim side. And yet we simply advertise our activities and seminars and programs and whatever we're doing openly. And we consistently get young people who come and say that they love seeing things that bring all backgrounds of people together. We also spend a lot of mental energy and planning, trying to make our office space, where we hold a lot of our events, into a place where people can come and belong, and trying to have our team be a, people, a team of people that will take an interest in people who come in and challenge them to grow and change and really accept them. This, we think, is essential to a young person breaking away from the division that exists all around them all the time. And it's something that you have the opportunity to do here In a way that might be more noticed than if you were to go to a more wealthy, more Western country and do the same thing. For us, this kind of thing is second nature. But for the people here that we work with, it's a really, really important and really noticeable thing that makes us different from all the other places around where they can get involved. Another reason that it's important to help people belong and to create a sense of belonging is that we believe God wants to bring people together from all nations all over the world. So as I mentioned before, my perspective is as a born-again Protestant Christian, and that faith, we try to bring everything that we do into line with that faith. So I might talk about that here a little bit more in the other episodes that we're going to do, but we believe that God wants to bring people together. And that influences our desire to see people live and work together in harmony. Just putting aside the basic preconceptions that one might have about what Christians in society believe and what Christians supposedly believe and promote publicly. I believe there's a clear principle that if someone has accepted the teachings of Jesus as they were revealed in the scriptures, then they will, or should, want the same things that he would want. And one of those things is to see people who are created in his image, working and living together in harmony and peace, and thriving, and making each other happy, instead of being divided and fighting with with each other. So yes, we want to see people know God, of course, and that is something we talk to people about, but... Something that also gives us joy is when we can be a light to people in just the way that we welcome people in and work together, and in a way that we include people, regardless of their ethnic or religious background. And that countercultural, and it's something that makes us stand out. There is a lot more that people can say about this, but we have one of the basic teachings in the New Testament, in Galatians, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, for you are all one in, in Jesus Christ. So this means that the community of God is a community of faith, which is constructed in ways that are different from all other human communities in the world. This is a community of people from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of religions, all kinds of places that are coming together because the Lord has drawn them to himself and they are learning to put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ. So as we do the work that we do, as we teach English, as we lead academic seminars, as we take part in our churches, as we work in our communities, we know that just this aspect of reaching out to people and loving them, regardless of their background, is a real countercultural thing. And it's directly fighting against some of the things that are bringing the society down. And it is something that is sorely needed here in this part of the world, especially. So this has been a little quick summary of why I believe the work that we do in this part of the world is strategic. I hope that you have enjoyed it, and I hope you've had a great fall so far. We're heading into November now, and I hope you will listen again as we get into the holiday season. For more, you can check out our website, thebosniaproject.com. I have recently posted a new article on the blog, and you can have fun looking at all the various things that we that we think are important and interesting. As we head into the holiday season, we hope that you are experiencing peace and joy in your life and that you will be able to spend the time with the ones that you love. Thanks for listening. This podcast was made by me, Jonathan Trousdale, using a laptop and a few little gadgets and apps. If you've enjoyed this, if it's enriched your life, consider helping keeping us going and doing what we do. If you'd like to donate, instructions are in the notes on our website at thebosnianproject.com. And it's easy to give online.